Welcome to Personal Finance Cat, where I share my personal take on personal finance. All right, let's talk about budgeting tips and tricks today. This is my least favorite part of personal finance, so I want to get it out of the way. LOL. It's boring, let's be honest. It takes a lot of willpower, and if it's not only you, meaning if other people are involved, like your spouse or kids, it is hard. It is very fundamental though, because without budgeting, one cannot properly implement their grand financial plan, can they? Okay, starting from the big question how much do you need to spend every month? I want to share a quote from Warren Buffett Do not save what is left after spending, but spend what is left after saving. You may hear people say, After all that I need to spend, there's nothing left to save. Sounds familiar? Maybe that is even you? Let me ask you this question. For the people who say this, what do you think happens if they have a pay raise? I bet they still have nothing left to save. So, what is the difference between Warren Buffett and the 50% plus of Americans who live paycheck to paycheck in terms of money habits? Did Buffett just get lucky because he was born super smart and lucky in his investment choices? The answer is no. There are four major differences between the wealthy and the poor. Number one, the wealthy pay themselves first, and the poor pay themselves last, if they even have anything left to pay themselves. In other words, the wealthy pay themselves first by putting aside money for investment whenever they get paid. The poor, on the other hand, pay all the bills first, and then if there is money left, which in majority of the cases there is none, they put it aside for themselves. Here I want to point out the difference between being rich and being wealthy. Being rich is the ability to earn a high income, but not necessarily the status of owning assets. A poor person can be a high income earner, but if they spend it all, they do not have any wealth to speak of. According to Business Insider, I'll link the article in the show notes, 60% of millennials earning over $100,000 say they are living paycheck to paycheck. Number two, the wealthy live below their means, while the poor live at or above their means. Fun fact. Did you know that Warren Buffett still uses a flip phone? He buys breakfast at McDonald's, he drives a modest car, and he still lives in his Omaha, Nebraska home he purchased for $31,500 decades ago. There is a wide range of estimate of how much the house is worth now, ranging from $250,000 to multi-million just because it's Buffett's house, but you get the point. I don't want to make this episode just about Buffett. So I want to share some other thoughts on this point with you. A lot of wealthy people are accused of being cheap. You might have heard somebody say, if I had this much money, I would da 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 da. Okay, it's like accusing a super fit athlete of not eating a pizza slice at a party. A similar criticism goes something like this. If I were this fit, why couldn't I just splurge on a slice of pizza once in a while? Here's the thing. The wealthy got wealthy because they're frugal and disciplined, just like the athlete who got fit because they're disciplined and they trained hard. Number three, the wealthy know the difference between needs and wants, whereas the poor blend these two concepts. Budgeting is not about deprivation. Trust me, I know what deprivation is like growing up in a third world country. You can live on a much more modest amount of money than you probably thought. Let me introduce the 50-30-20 rule. The rule states that you should spend up to 50% 
of your after-tax income and needs and obligations that you must have or must do. The remaining half should be split up between 20% savings and debt repayment and 30% everything else that you might want. In other words, 50% for needs, 30% for wants, and 20% for savings. This is where people blend the concepts of needs and wants. Needs are essentials. Think rent, utilities, food, etc. Wants are everything else you can live without because you won't die without them. Think vacations, cosmetics, dining out, etc. The rule states you shouldn't spend over 30% of your income on these quote-unquote wants. Again, using Buffett as an example, his house is less than 0.001% of his net worth. Buffett also once told CNBC that he could be happy living off of $100,000 a year. It might sound like a lot of money to some people, but think about the Joneses Buffett can potentially quote-unquote keep up with. That man definitely has his needs and wants in control. Regarding the 20% savings rate, given that the great majority of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, it is the minority who can achieve that savings rate. But it is definitely achievable. With the FIRE movement, people can save much more than 20%. The almost minimum with the FIRE community is 50% savings rate. And some even save 70% or 90% of their income in order to retire very quickly. Most of these people are not super high income earners, just like a lot of us. Number four, the wealthy think long-term while the poor think short-term. Let me cite three quotes from Buffett again. One, I never attempt to make money on the stock market. I buy on the assumption that they could close the market the next day and not reopen it for five years. Two, only buy something that you'd be perfectly happy to hold if the market shut down for 10 years. Three, if you aren't willing to own a stock for 10 years, don't even think about owning it for 10 minutes. In other words, he's advocating thinking in terms of at least five to 10 years. And clearly his investment portfolio suggests even longer holding period. For example, he's been a shareholder of American Express's stocks since 1963. Okay, so those are the four differences. It might sound like a huge deviation from the main topic, budgeting. But after understanding those key differences of why some people are poor and why some people are wealthy, budgeting should come natural. That being said, I do want to share a few tips and tricks which have worked for me and made me a millionaire by 35. Number one. Contribute as much as possible, ideally max out the 401k and HSA pre-tax retirement accounts. Since these are taken out before your take-home paycheck, you don't see them in a bank account and therefore incentivize you to spend less. Number two, if you are not able to max out your pre-tax retirement accounts, which happens because life happens, try increasing it every year when you get a pay increase so you still have a similar take-home pay and don't feel the pain as much. During the earlier years of my career, I wasn't able to contribute much, especially after my husband was laid off and was trying to start his business. Money was very tight. Then we had two kids, so the expenses went up that almost completely offset our income increases. After my second one was born though, I was able to increase contribution to the pre-tax retirement accounts every year to now pretty much maxing it out. Number three, 
Focus on the large buckets instead of fretting over the small ones like Starbucks coffees once in a while. For most Americans, you might have heard the largest bucket is housing, but unknown to most, that is if you look at your after-tax income. Your biggest spending category is actually income taxes. So one of the reasons for maxing out the pre-tax retirement accounts is so as to minimize your tax obligation. For those of us whose main source of income is still earned income from a W-2 job. But let's also talk housing. If possible at all, try house hacking. I'll link an article in the show notes about house hacking, what it is and how to do it. But basically, it's buying a multifamily house, rent out the other units, and let your tenants pay for your mortgage. I've never personally done that, but believe me, I tried. However, what I did instead is purchasing a house that's way below what I can afford as told by my mortgage broker, probably one third or less at our current income level. Number four, track your budget to understand how much you're spending on what. Nowadays, with all the apps and spreadsheet templates online, this has become so easy. I'm not that organized, but with Mint, it has been really easy for me. All you need to do is put in all the financial institutions logging information one time, and Mint will automatically pull the bank records for pretty much everything on a daily basis. Mint presents to you the spending trends, total income, income by category, total expenses, expense by category, etc. in bar charts or pie charts. So it's wonderful. I haven't used those budgeting templates personally, but I would think it's very manual and you can easily miss things, especially for someone like me who has dozens of checking and savings accounts, credit cards and retirement accounts. And did I tell you, Mint is free. Number five. Once you are able to track your budget, focus on one category at a time to cut spending. For us, the biggest wins are usually cutting out subscriptions because those are expenses that usually are not needed and replaceable. For example, we recently realized our grocery spend is pretty large and the freshly meals we subscribe to are fairly expensive at $11 a meal. So we decided to discontinue the subscription for a while and substitute them with prepared meals from Trader Joe's instead. Number six, last but not least, and this is going to sound a bit controversial, but if all else fails, try to increase your income. Budgeting is not about deprivation again. So if you're not happy, then try to change the other side of the equation instead. It is a whole lot easier to save 50% if you make $200,000 than if you make $100,000. Coming back to Buffett again, he once said that the best investment is on yourself. Hone your skills and get higher paid jobs or side gigs so you can increase your income. Don't automatically assume that higher paid jobs necessarily translate to more hours, more responsibility, and more stress. You have to be strategic and find the right balance. I used to work in a big four accounting firm and was pretty miserable. I had to work late nights and weekends all the time in the hopes of getting the next pay bump or promotion as quickly as possible. I wouldn't say I regretted it because that's what built my skills and allowed me to find another job that provides a much better work-life balance and a pay level that I feel comfortable and sufficient for a while. I've heard lawyers and investment bankers quit altogether to start a business. I hear them and know that lawyers and investment bankers' terrible lifestyle is at a whole nother level. I personally wouldn't recommend it because it's too risky, especially if you do not know how to run a profitable business right away. Start something on the side first, and once it gets traction, then quit your job to focus on it. 
One of my favorite billionaires, Sarah Blakely, even started out that way with Spanx while working her sales job. It's been kind of a long episode and seems like it's all about Buffett, but believe me, there are a lot of quote unquote cheap billionaires or multimillionaires out there, not just Buffett, that we can learn a lot about budgeting from. He may be the most well known, so I use his examples a lot. I truly believe they're doing what makes them happy and inspired. Looking rich is just not part of that. Anyway, hope you enjoy this episode and hope I kept a balance between being disciplined and also allowing yourself to enjoy life. If you like this episode, please leave a comment below if you have questions or areas you want to hone in more. And also, please don't forget to leave a rating or review. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.